0: Praise the Lord, everybody. We are glad you are in this parking lot today. Welcome to the praise song. I just want to make a few remarks before we get into the word of the Lord today. Giovanna and I are so extremely proud to pastor what we consider one of the greatest churches in the United States of America, Quest Church, right here in Norman, Oklahoma. We are just blessed to be at the helm, and we're so glad and so thrilled. That you are a part of this great family now for the next few moments of time we're going to have a major move of god right right here in this parking lot Uh, but i want to encourage you just for a moment you know you guys have been so good at staying in contact with what's happening at the church and our staff is working almost around the clock as a matter of fact two guys did work around the clock the last two days and i just want to tell them my staff how much i appreciate them as well and all the leadership here at Quest Church. This is a great day, and we're just so excited about the things that God God is doing. Real quick, let me say this. You know, I I had my message all tidied up yesterday out of John chapter 20, and I was thinking about what I was going to preach. My mind went to the question that the angels asked the ladies in the garden when they said why seek the living among the dead why would you seek the living among the dead my heart got excited about that right and I thought man that will preach and then I went over to John chapter 20 and I found Mary standing before an empty tomb and she uh, looked in and realized Jesus wasn't there and she ran to get some of the disciples and Peter and John ran back And they looked into the tomb, and Jesus was gone, and all that was laying there was a napkin. And I thought, man, that'll preach as well. And when they left, the Bible says they did not understand what he meant when he said, I will rise again. But something about ladies, ladies know how to hang in there. And Mary stayed right there at that tomb. And the Bible says in John chapter 20 that she looked into the tomb again so she moved from just being interested in what was going on to investigating what was happening, and she looked into it. And I came by to tell you, when you begin to look into it, you'll find that Jesus is risen. He's the Lord of lords, and he's the king of kings. And the Bible says that there was a voice behind her that said, Why are you weeping? And she turned, and it, she thought it was a gardener, right? And she turned back to the tomb, and the voice spoke again and said, Mary. But this time when the voice spoke, she turned around and she said, Master, it's something about the way he calls your name. He knows your name. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, if people would just look into it. He said, I will look into them. And I hear him today calling your name right in your car, right in your living room. And he's saying, I am alive. You don't have to weep anymore. And I thought I would preach on that, but I'm not going to preach on either one of those things. When I got up this morning at 2.45 and began to pray, the Lord began to speak to me. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to preach? And the the Lord very clearly spoke to me and said, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. You know, I remember as a young man, and I tell you guys this all the time, how my mom prayed over me all the time. And my oldest sister is the one that led me to the Lord, and she was the worship leader at our church. And her favorite song to sing was this song that is called Because He Lives. And when she would sing it in our living room, my mom would just start crying. My dad would lift his hands, and the Spirit of the Lord would move. And I thought how appropriate and how fitting it would be if we just, y'all know this song, if we just sang this song today, Because He Lives, right there in your car, just lift your hands right now. He's alive. You can face tomorrow, Because He Lives. you go give it one more good honk on them horns right there amen if you know he's alive bless your name jesus i'm going to go to first corinthians chapter 15 verse number one and i'm going to read a few passages of scripture here and i'm not going to preach long today But I want to take a moment and thank the Lord for holding the rain back. I thought this morning at about 7 or 8 o'clock, there's no way this is going to happen. And somehow the Lord just stopped the rain just for a few hours so we could see each other just for a minute. And God, I want to thank you for that in Jesus' name. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Bible says from the NIV, verse number 1. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel. I preach to you which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word that I preached. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you listen carefully as of first importance that Christ Died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Lift your hands and let me pray over you one time before we get into this word. Father, thank you that the anointing knows no boundaries. Hallelujah. We don't have to be in a building to feel your presence. We can be right here in the parking lot, sitting right here in our cars. And you can deal with us and fix us and heal us and restore us and revive us and renew us. So I ask you to do that work today. Do what only you can do in the name of Jesus. And everyone says, amen. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to preach this message this morning entitled, let me remind you. Paul wrote the church to Corinth, and he said, let me remind you. He says, I want to remind you of this gospel. And he said, it's a gospel, first of all, that saved you. Look back and remember that it was the gospel that saved you. And then secondly, he said, not only did the gospel save you, but he says, you can stand on this gospel. The gospel is good news. And Paul said, you can stand on this good news. He also said, the good news is so good that we are to make the gospel of first importance. We should make the gospel of first importance. And I thought, Lord, that's why you would tell me to preach the gospel this morning. I read it in the New Living Translation, and it Reads like this, let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news that I preached to you. You welcomed it then, my God here, and you still stand firm in it. I want to give praise for a church that welcomes the gospel and knows how to stand firm in the gospel. God is good to us. I want to remind you of the gospel in the face of. Of all the bad news today, you have a gospel that saves you. You have a gospel you can stand on. The fact that we have to be sheltered in our homes, to me, that's not really good news. That's bad news. Did you ever think that you would see a day that you had to wear a mask and gloves to go get groceries from the grocery store? Thousands of people are dying. We're fighting what is referred to as an invisible enemy. I'm not certain what was going on when Paul wrote this church at Corinth. When he said these words, I want to remind you. But he felt the need to remind them. When I woke up this morning and started praying for Quest Church. And started praying for the believers throughout the earth. The Lord spoke to me and said, remind them. And I came by this parking lot at 64, right here, Northwest 36th Avenue to remind you that there is good news for you. Praise the name of Jesus. I was thinking about all the news going on, political news, feature news, domestic news, international news, economic news, the news of the virus. There is really only two kinds of news. There is bad news and there is good news. Yeah, there's bad news and there's good news. I came today as an anchor man. I came today as God's journalist to tell you some news, not the kind of news that you've been hearing. I didn't come with bad news, I came with good news. And I came to tell you that this too shall pass. This season shall end. Every storm runs out of rain. The sun has to shine again. And when we come out of this season, the good news is we're going to be better on the other side of this season than we were before we went into this season. So the Lord told me, Get up, Rick Hawkins, and do your job. And I said, Lord, what is my job description? And he brought me to Romans chapter 10, verse 13. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And the Lord said, do your job. And I looked at it again and it says, And how shall they preach except they be sent and I lifted my hand and thanked him for his anointing and his ordination. Then he said, how how it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them, watch now, that preach the gospel of peace, the good news of peace. So today, I preach to you a peace that is stronger than the pandemic. I preach to you a peace that is stronger than the panic. And he said, bring glad tidings of good news to my." my people. I said, Lord, now I'm beginning to see my job description. He said, get an attitude with it. And I thought, Lord, what do you mean? And he brought me to Romans one sixteen, where he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew and also to the Greek. Our text says the gospel is the good news. And I came by to tell you today, it's not time for the believers to be ashamed. It's not your fault this thing is happening in this earth. But if it's going to be blamed on anybody for it stopping, it ought to be us. The blood-bought, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled believers that humbled themselves and prayed and sought God's face and turned from our wicked ways. And he turned and he He healed our land. I need somebody even in your car to say, I am not ashamed of this good news. Everybody talking about gloom, everybody talking about bad news, but there's a parking lot full of praising people that's got some good news in their mouth today. And I thought about the good news in 1 Corinthians 15, he describes it very detailed when he said the gospel includes three things number one, Christ. Has to be crucified. Number two, Christ has to be buried. But number three, Christ has to. Christ has to. Christ has to rise again on the third day. Welcome to Resurrection Day, the day that He got up for you and He got up for me. See, you can't really preach resurrection and ignore the cross. We talked about it on Friday. And the Spirit of the Lord told me to remind you again this morning of the cross. The cross is important. The cross is the most recognized symbol in all the earth. Why? Because your king died on that cross. It's a cross that cannot be ignored. It's a cross that cannot be disquieted. It's a cross that cannot be dismissed in any generation at any time. I'm sorry for preaching like I'm preaching, but it's been so long since I saw you. I can't hold this fire in me. It's like fire shut up in my bones. In 1 Corinthians 15, 3, Paul says, for I received what I passed on to you. And it's of first importance. What is it? That Christ died. See, you can't preach the good news and leave the cross out. The cross is the carrier of the good news. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17, the Bible says, For Christ sent me, the apostle Paul saying, not to baptize, but God sent me to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words. Listen to him, lest the cross of Christ should be of none effect. For the preaching, listen to it, of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us... But unto us which are saved, the cross is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of what? Preaching. To save them that believe. For the Jews want a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. We preach the cross. And unto the Jews, that's a stumbling block. To Greeks, that's foolishness. But unto them that are called, both Jews and Greeks, the preaching of the cross and the preaching of Christ is the power of God. So I thought about that cross. You can't preach the gospel and ignore the cross. The crisis has to deal with the cross. The crisis we are in has to deal with the cross. I heard our president say two days ago that now the, the virus has reached its peak. It's on top of the mountain. And I said Friday night. Good thing, because on Good Friday, the virus reached the peak of the mountain. And on Good Friday, Jesus reached the top of Calvary. So now this crisis has to face this cross. This this crisis has to face this Christ. COVID and the curve meet at the same time. COVID and the covenant meet at the same time. The Christ and the cross meet the crisis on Calvary this weekend. In that cross is the cure for all disease. In that cross on Calvary is the cancellation of all sin. That cross represents many things, but it represents more than anything what the prophet, prophet Isaiah saw in chapter 53. When he saw a suffering Savior, the cross represents suffering. And no one wants to talk about that because in this generation, you've been taught a gospel of complacency. You've been taught a gospel of comfort. But I came by to tell you, there ain't nobody that ever lived that has not been through a season of suffering. And that's why in Matthew 16, 21, Jesus began to teach his disciples the things that he must suffer oh no you're not escaping no no we're not escaping that's why Jesus said take up your cross and follow me because every man has his cross to bear and if you're going to carry a cross you're not going to carry it without going through phases of suffering phases of disappointment we all have a cross and we all have to face some type of suffering but watch Jesus trusted these words with disciples. He trusted these words with learners. He trusted these words with people he believed in. When I saw that, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I trusted this generation of believers to handle this season correctly. God trusted you to live during this day. We've never seen a time like this in history. I don't know about you, but I've been thanking God every day that he trusts me enough to be alive during this pandemic. Because when I come out of it, I might have something to tell not just my grandchildren, but my great-grandchildren. He trusted you with this trouble. Hebrews 5, 8 says, even though Jesus was the son of God, he learned obedience through the things he suffered. Disciple means learner. The question is, what are you learning during this season? God forbid we go through a time like this and we don't come out more learned, more educated, more insightful, more spiritual the pandemic it shows no prejudice it's global but we want to act like we are the only ones suffering first peter chapter five and verse nine says resist the devil stand firm in your faith listen to it because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering It's not just us. It's the entire globe. But watch what Peter says. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory. After, I want to run around this parking lot. After you have suffered a little while. Somebody ought to shout, a little while. I know it's been a few months and it may be another few months. But it's still a little while. When you compare it to your lifetime, this is a little while. And the Bible says after you've gone through it, God's going to restore you. God's going to make you strong. And God's going to make you steadfast. Somebody ought to honk a horn right there and give him praise. Amen. So you can't preach the gospel and leave out the cross. And I say, Lord, what is part two of the gospel? And he says, verse four of our text, he was buried. Jesus was quarantined in a grave. And I thought, Lord, what was going on while he was hid in the ground? And I thought, that was so abrupt. The disciples are just following him because they love him. And then suddenly, you're going to die on us. You're going to disappear on us. You're going to let them bear you. We can't hear you. We can't see you. No wonder the disciples are divided. No wonder there's confusion in these ladies at the tomb. There's doubt. There's complaining. Everyone is just, they don't know what in the world. What, what did you do? They not, they not only killed you, but now they have buried you. And I thought, Lord, I know you wouldn't let it be a silent Saturday. I know something had to be going on underground. Yeah, because Jesus is not going to just lay there. So when they put him in the tomb and rolled the stone over it, he already said on that cross, it is finished. He did not say, I am finished. What he was saying is stick me in that ground because I got some more work to do. And I found it in Revelation 1.18 where Jesus says I am the living one. Watch what he says. I was dead. I was buried and now look I am alive forevermore and I hold the keys to death and hell. So the Lord spoke to me and said when they buried me I got busy. I said Lord what did you do? He said I went and visited old Lucifer and I said I'm going to take the keys death. I'm going to take the keys of hell. Now you have no more power. I've got all power in my hand. So when they buried him, he was busy snatching your future back from the enemy. They thought they were burying a man. They did not know they were planting a seed. I don't know if you can hear me this morning, but they thought they were burying a man. They didn't know they were planting a seed. Because Jesus had already said in John 12, 24, he said, I say unto you, except a kernel of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abides alone, but if it dies, it will bring forth much fruit. The Lord said, you gotta bury me because I can't bring forth fruit until you plant me in the ground. And now I want you to look around this parking lot and all these people, this is the harvest of that burial and some of you have felt buried you have felt planted you feel like they've thrown dirt on you and put a stone in front of you but i came by to tell you there's a time limit on every burial there's a time limit on every planting Sooner or later, the harvest has to come up. Sooner or later, what is buried has to resurrect. Watch what I say, Lord. What's the third part? Seems like the more I'm preaching, the more it's raining. And I always see rain as blessing. So I say, Lord, if you need it to rain, let it rain. But I'm going to preach this whole word. And the Bible says the third part of the gospel number one, he was crucified, number two, he was buried. But verse number four, 1 Corinthians 15, our text says, He was raised when? On the third day. Honk your horn three times right there. Come on. The third day. See, without it, Paul writes a church in 1 Corinthians 15, and he says, without resurrection, your faith is in vain. And if Christ not be not raised from the dead, you still in your sin. I don't know if y'all can hear me, but we needed him to get up, and he got up. I read this here. Somebody wrote this down. If you are irrevocably committed to the proposition that it would have been impossible for Christ to triumph over death, you may as well quit fiddling around the fringes of following Christ. Because as Paul bluntly said, the whole thing stands or falls on the fact of his resurrection. Either it happened or it didn't happen. And if it didn't happen, Christianity is a gigantic fraud. And the sooner we quit it, the better off we are. But thank God he did raise from the dead. And your faith is not a fraud. Glory to God. I'll leave it right here. There are some of you that feel like this is the worst time of your life. You can't see the light of day. Pastor Rick came by to tell you that if he wouldn't have resurrected, you could have never got up. I see you flashing there lights at me. If he would not have resurrected, we would not be able to get up. See, the power of his resurrection is that it now abides in you. Resurrect does not mean just to get up it does not mean just to rise again but it means to reuse or put back in prominence some of you feel like you've lost your position of purpose but Pastor Rick came by to tell you welcome to your resurrection day you're about to resurge you're about to resurrect and God is about to reuse you at a level you've never believed Romans 8 10 says and in Christ be in you the body is dead because of sin but the spirit is life because of righteousness but if the spirit listen to pastor but if the spirit of him that raised up jesus from the dead dwells in you then he that raised up jesus shall also raise you up hallelujah There's nothing that can keep you down. No sin, no defeat. Nothing can keep you down when you've got the Spirit of the Lord living inside of you. So today, right there in your car, in your living room, I speak resurrection power in the name of Jesus. I'll close with this. Let me remind you. Those words ring so true and near to my heart. I remember as a teenage boy, I thought I was going to run away from home. I got in my 1965 Mustang with the side pipes and the traction bars. I went down to the corner store. I sat there contemplating on where am I going to go because I didn't have a job. I could only go as far as a half a tank of gas could carry me. Then what? Well, it didn't take me very long to come to my senses. And I went back to the house, and I walked in, and my dad was sitting in his easy chair like he always was. When I told him I was going to leave, it didn't bother him because he already knew I was coming back. When I walked in, I said, Dad, I'm really sorry. I said, I love you, mama very much. I said, will you receive me back? And here's what my dad said, son, let me remind you of something. I said, what is it? He said, you are my boy you are my last born child you will always be my son and i thought to myself oh my goodness what an affirmation of identity and i heard the lord tell me to tell y'all today let me remind you you are still my son. You are still my daughter. And you've got to come back living inside of you. Your best day is not behind you. Your best day is still in front of you. Happy Resurrection Day.